Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. My guest today is a fasting success story. She's from Alabama and she began her fasting journey in 2020 and has dropped nearly 45 pounds. It's April Hall and you'll get to meet her right after this. There are so many delicious options for dining when you go to Jess's Chicken in Little Rock. Now, this is run by the Bubba's family that I talk about because I love uh, what they do in the community charitably for adoption and foster care programs, but also what they do in feeding my belly. The Jess's Chicken location, just one right now, it's at Rodney Parham and Interstate 430 in West Little Rock, Arkansas. And that's where you get the chicken salad uh, that is so delicious. Two options, a sweet or savory, because my husband and I are different on every occasion, even with the chicken salad we buy. He likes the savory, I like the sweet. There's a chicken wrap there. They're loaded bowls. You can get grilled cheese, but come on, you're at a great chicken restaurant. You need to go there, uh, get that. And they also have um, the gluten-free option. So for people like me, I can have the chicken salad with no bread, of course. There are also dairy-free options. Just ask them about that when you go through. Some people, though, get the toast and gravy, the white bean chicken chili, and the salad. So I'm telling you, it's not just traditional chicken foods. It's also other things. The sides are great. The mac and cheese really good. The ice cream is really good. They've got the real cane sugar scapegoat soda, the only place in central Arkansas that offers that. And you know that they're closed on Sunday so they can worship with their family. You can find them online to find out more or go see them just as chicken.com. I'm looking at some of the books right now that I've ordered from dogtalktv.com. It's a site where you can buy books about dogs and the proceeds help the local rescues, especially here in central Arkansas. The author of many of the books and the brainchild behind the website is Pat Becker Wallace. She's a philanthropist and certified NADOI dog trainer. That's the National Association for Dog Obedience Trainers. She's devoted her life to helping find forever homes for the dogs, but also matching the right breed with the right owner which is paramount in her dedication to animals. She's loved animals all of her life, but helping the dog rescue organizations is her life's goal now. Some of you might recognize her as the host of a national PBS series. It's called The World of Dogs Biography. She's now writing these books about dogs, partnering with authors to help educate your family, your friends, your grandchildren about the privilege of dog ownership. One of the books, in fact, on her website is written about the dogs at Heifer Ranch and benefits the ranch, which is west of Little Rock in central Arkansas. Go to dogtalktv.com. I ordered some of the books recently. I'm donating them to my granddaughter's school. I bet you have some creative ways you can help libraries as well. Go to dogtalktv.com now, order the books, and know you're helping the rescues. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, we've got the sweetheart of Alabama here, the fasting sweetheart of Alabama, April Hall, who we met when we had our, it was our black coffee water party, Jen Stevens was here, and it was the highlight of the last 10 years for me. And you drove in from Alabama to Little Rock, Arkansas, so that you could meet your fasting people. That makes me love you more. I was not going to miss that event. And I'm not exactly sure how I ran across it in the DDD community, but yeah. um, I saw it and I told my husband, I was like, I never do things just for me, but I'm going to Little Rock, Arkansas to meet Jen Stevens. And um, I booked a flight even. And then at the last minute, he actually took off work and came with me. So we, oh, we made a little is, mini that's vacay. Sweet. That's but, sweet. Yes, uh, I agree. The highlight of 2022. It was great. So 
Jen Stevens, as we've mentioned, because somebody may be from another planet just now. This is their first podcast they're ever going to listen to. Jen Stevens is whom I call the mother of intermittent fasting because she's a lay authority. She she does not have her medical degree like Dr. Fung does, but the girl knows about fasting. And so uh, I brought her to my home and we hosted events for her in Little Rock and, and you're in Alabama. And DDD is the Delay Don't Deny group, which was kind of, she kind of pioneered Facebook groups because it seems like she ended up having like half a million members of that group and then started her own website her delay don't deny website which was very very smart yes i mean i under i miss her on facebook i miss that big advanced ddd yeah. group but um her community is awesome what she's built there is awesome and um, it's really i applaud her for being, being brave she was brave to leave facebook and start she her was and and part of that was her ability to express her first amendment rights to any opinion. And, and her, she is so apolitical. I don't know where she stands politically. So this isn't a political statement. But even if she said anything, she said, she's the one that started thinking, they own my words. They own exactly. my product. They own my photos. I want to own, she goes, these are my people. So she did a smart thing. And that that's a monthly membership that you can do. But let's talk about it. You got into fasting. Tell me, you have like a a fast anniversary and a fasting yeah. anniversary and you're a success story. I'm looking at you. So tell me about it. So May 4th of 2020, I was at home in bed recovering from breast explant surgery. So a really uneducated decision I made about 12 years ago to get breast implants. The most unresearched decision maybe of my life. And I am a, <laughs> I call myself a lifelong learner, you know, yeah, me I, too. I Google everything to death, but I, you know, my friend got some, they look good. And I said, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> so uh, fast forward, I hated them every day that I had them and they just kind of long-term wreaked havoc on my health and my weight and all these things. And so I had decided to have those removed. Well, I'm a lifelong dieter. So I had yo-yoed 20, 25 pounds every other year. I say my entire adult life, ever since the birth of my first child. And um, at this point, for some reason, I was kind of already at an all-time high with my weight. I was kind of exhausted of dieting, the yo-yo, and I had decided on top of that that I really wanted these this explant surgery, and I wanted to try to just improve my health. And so when they take out the chest, you notice the belly. And I told this on Jim Stevens' <laughs> podcast, and she laughed, but I said, honestly, proportionally, I had not noticed how big I had gotten. But uh, I still... Like I said, I had a few weeks in bed where I couldn't exercise. I like to exercise. I'm high energy. I'm gone. My, my husband's saying for her, she's gone. She's out of the bed. and <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> she's gone. And that's the joke at my house. Like, if I, I got a new vacuum cleaner for Christmas, and I run it every day. And my son said, are you gone? Oh, I love it. So anyway, I had I was just in a bad place. I was in a bad place mentally, physically recovering from surgery, really, really unhappy with my new physique. I'll say that. But still, mentally, I did not want to diet again. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and one of my friends posted a bottle of salad dressing that she'd gotten at the local strawberry farm. And she said, I'm going to break my 20 hour fast with the salad dressing. Mm -hmm. And so I just messaged her and said, OK, what you doing? Like, what's going on? And, and honestly, her best answer was just read the book. You know, she pointed me to Delay, Don't Deny, Jen's yeah. first book. Yeah. And she even told me, you don't even have to buy it. You can get on Audible. And if you're not an Audible member, you'll get these free yeah. downloads. And Good. so I had I had it in my ears, in my AirPods, you know, in just a matter of a few hours. And yes, uh, life changing, life changing. Well, part of it is Jen's appeal to this, those of us in the South with her uh, Southernisms, and she was uh, in Georgia for, uh, for years. I think they may have moved over to South Carolina. She may have a beach home now, but um, Augusta, Georgia, we could identify with her. And she's, and anyone listening, if you want to download a book, if there's a book you haven't downloaded, you that combines science and practical application for how to implement a lifestyle of fasting. And as Jen says, we come for the health benefits, but we say stay for the weight loss. So it's really what fasting does. We now know the science more about the science and how it mitigates our insulin. If insulin drops, then amazing, 90% of our healthcare concerns 
also dissipate. What were some of the first things? Because you really may not lose weight at first. You might lose a pound here or there. But I think people, April, once the the inflammation drops, they start feeling better. What, what were your first things that you started going, this is going to work? Well, so immediately I fell in love with Jen, the Southern mm-hmm. draw. Yes. And it was like hearing your girlfriend tell you what she's doing, you know, and, and how it changed her life. And so, but she did drop some science in delay. Don't deny about insulin. Yes. And um, she points you to Dr. Fung. Yes. And so, you know, that little four hour book turned into the obesity code was next. And oh, for sure. The obesity code rocked my world. And I tell this, so my family is riddled with type 2 diabetes on both sides. And my dad, who was my best friend in the world, passed away at a young age of 62 years old from diabetic heart disease. And so we and his dad, before him, 67, lost a toe and then a foot and a leg. And that was back in the era when they really didn't know what to do with type 2 diabetes. So. I have a bro- I have two brothers, older brothers, one who was diagnosed at age 40. And, you know, that's about the age I was already 42 when I found this. But um, and then another brother who also kind of struggles with those things. And my mom is top two. And I was like, I do not want to go down this path. Like, But when I read, but we didn't know how to avoid it. I mean, we just did not know. And so when I read the obesity code, I cried because I thought my oh. dad would have had a fighting chance with this information. You know, well, let he me, was on let the me stop you there. Did you know that, and this may be changing, but until just recently, uh, medical providers tell type two diabetics, you can't cure it. We'll manage it. And That's now right. we know even Dr. Fung says, and Dr. Hyman says, and Ben Bickman, the PhD, they all say, no, 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 no. You can reverse it. So your, your dad was told and he did what his doctor told him. His doctor told him to eat five times a day, mm-hmm. to eat small meals. And we know all that did was jack up his insulin. So now we know type two diabetes is 100% reversible and we don't have to manage it. You can throw away the medicine and get off the medicine. Were you at that point? Cause now we understand that before you're even diagnosed 10 to 15 years, you're pre-diabetic. But nobody knows because they're not checking fasting insulin. Did you have any markers, April, at that time besides your weight? So I had never had fasting insulin taken. I don't think I even had had an A1C to compare it to. So I'm kind of notorious for avoiding um, doctors and traditional medicine and uh, pharmaceuticals and all that. I have have a stepson who just graduated from the School of Pharmacy, and I just (laughs) cringe. But, you know, I mean, I mean whatever. But But let's say, (laughs) we want to say, so uh, we just had an illness with a daughter who was avoiding medicines. And finally, by the time she got to the doctor with her salmonella, that was from Thailand, it had jumped the track and it called sepsis. And that's when her medical provider said, this is when we need medicine. It's going to save your life. So I want to say, just because I understand where you're coming from, we're not anti-medicine. We're just, we don't want a pill for every ill. That's we right. want it if we have sepsis and we have to take an antibiotic for, in her case, four to six weeks. So yeah. I, I, I know where you're coming from, that if you needed medicine, if you broke absolutely. your leg and had to have pain medicine, or if you had an infection, you would absolutely take it. But we're not going shopping yes. for pills. No. And um, and I much prefer a nutritional answer if Me there too. is one. So yeah. so I did not have that, that lab work. But now my sense, I had been fasting about a year the last time I got labs and my fasting insulin was 3.1. Awesome. And when I, right. when I asked for a fasting insulin, her response was why? And I said, I, can I just I need, have it? I need you to say that again. When <laughs> so you when asked I your asked, provider. Yes. When I asked for fasting insulin, she said, why do you want that? Why do you need that? And, you know, and I said, they are moving away from the old science. They say that's an indicator of prediabetes, yes. 10, 15 years, insulin resistance, yes. you know, and nobody's looking for it. And she was very gracious. She's a nurse practitioner, young, Good. full, you know, Good. vibrant. Great. And uh, and she did order it. So 3.1, I think my A1C was like five even yeah, or something probably, like that. So yeah. I do not plan to repeat the family tradition of top two diabetes. Oh, you just, you, know? you broke it. You, you broke yeah. the curse and you threw it in the um, cheddar cheese, bacon wrapped um, 
pickled garbage, whatever they exactly. ate, you know, you would eat that could get you there. And I want to remind people, so fasting insulin, Dr. Bickman says, Dr. Ben Bickman and why we get sick has, he says really a 15 to 20 year predictability on type two diabetes, cancer, dementia. I mean, all the things. So a lot of times by the time somebody does check it, because he explains, and you probably know this, your body, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, is what the Bible says, our blood glucose will still manage between, it'll be 105, 110, which is too high, but your A1C is still about 5.4, 5.5. They're like, that's fine. No, no, no. You need to peel back the covers and you find something in there and you go, oh crap, my fasting. I had a client, her fasting insulin, her type, her, okay, get this. Her A1C was normal. Her glucose was normal. Her fasting insulin was 40. Right. And it That's shouldn't be over five. I mean, right. five or six. Hyman says we wanted that's now we're trying to get that the average, but he goes, we'd like to see it even lower. So anything under five really reduces your risk of all these different diseases. And you did it. So that was a year's of one year of fasting. One year. Yes. And it's time to repeat those labs. Yeah. And um, I'm excited. That should be in the next month or so to see if it's gotten even better. Although I think those are pretty spot on. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty impressive. Your C-reactive protein is probably low. Um, That's your high sensitivity HSCRP you can ask your provider for. Those are just markers of inflammation too. And if you ask a cancer doctor or heart doctor, what causes cancer? What causes causes cardiovascular disease? They'll go, oh, inflammation. Mm -hmm. Well, what causes high inflammation, high insulin. See, it, it's a domino effect. See, you just knocked down the biggest domino. And so nothing else you're, you're, I mean, you really have wrapped up a lot in your health. So I can imagine how much better you're feeling. So you started May 4th, 2020, and you listened to the book. What was your first fasting and feasting schedule? So I think that I tried maybe 16, eight once. And then I thought, Jen said 19 was her sweet spot, 19.5. Yeah. And yeah. she talked about um, the fast five and those things. And I thought, oh, yeah. I can do mm-hmm. that. And so then immediately I tried to get to 19, but I landed at 20 and four, probably in the first two weeks. Really? And that's mm-hmm. pretty aggressive. You you must be a rip the bandaid off type person. I am. I'm all in, all or nothing. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed because I have been health coaching and fasting coaching people for a couple of years, there are some that are sucking their thumb, you know, breathing into a paper bag in a fetal position when I tell them 16 and eight, 16 and eight. they get so anxious. I, I didn't have a choice. My son just told me 18 and six. Like I thought it was in the Bible somewhere, right. 18 and six, you didn't do it another way. So I just did it. And then it was easy to ease into that 20 and four. I think I love 19 and five, 20 and four. I mean, it just right. depends what's going on in my life. So um, did you cut out any foods or anything? Cause I didn't know to do anything to, again, mitigate insulin or carb reduction in the beginning. Cause I didn't know. Well, I loved the idea that we could eat whatever we wanted. Yeah, We're going to reward ourselves, And like Jen says, challenge accepted. So in the very beginning, no, I was like, and, and I own a restaurant. So, Southern oh. restaurant, but I was like bacon, cheeseburger, French fries, Good. things, things I would not touch now but I, uh, I did not right. change my food I learned to fast and I, I tell my people that learn to fast build your fasting muscle and if it takes Absolutely. a reward meal to get through that next fast you know you're going to have something great then do that and so but I think that fat adaptation and appetite correction happened pretty quick for me and so you know that next phase is my body is asking for broccoli and steak every meal <laughs> you know like Four times a week, I'm eating a ribeye and broccoli. And uh, that is not my, I mean, like in my whole adult life, I wished I liked vegetables and green things, but I did not like anything bitter. I think black coffee, guys, if I could get people to drink black coffee, I think it opens your palate to all things bitter. And, and then you, you can That's, eat asparagus and Brussels sprouts yeah, and broccoli. Brussels and, sprouts, yeah. That probably yeah, makes sense. All those things. Um, one of my clients who's... Uh, received a lot of notoriety here in Arkansas. He came that day earlier in the day when we had the private party for Jen here, cause he is the executive chef, award-winning chef. He just won proprietor of the year in Arkansas at the Pine Bluff country club. And he started at 380 and he's 280 now. And he called me about three months into fasting. Cause he's been a 
I mean, an award-winning chef since he was in his teens and he's 62 now, right? He called me and he said, I, hello? And he goes, damn you, Lisa Fisher. And I go, what? He goes, I'm craving Brussels sprouts. He said, same thing. I'm a chef. I've never, I've cooked them, never wanted them. He said the craziest thing has happened. So there must be something biologically, April, with our bodies that when we bring in, we get our insulin regulated. Because remember, Dr. Fung says you're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. So when you get your hormonal wiring to eat and to stop eating, then when you go to eat again, that's when we say you open your feasting window you really do look for highly nutritious. Yes. With high nutrient density that we never cared about before. So, you know, Lori Lewis, one of my favorite quotes from her is that intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's a quiet. And I think there's something about that quiet that allows us to hear what our body has been screaming at us. And so, um, I went through several phases of really strange cravings and, um, like what? one of them was t- one of them was tuna and boiled eggs. Yeah, high, high I mean, fat and protein. Yeah, um, I went through a sweet potato phase, and so I tell that <laughs> I always I always thought a sweet potato looked good, and I loved the idea of it. But no, I mean there was no way you could make it that I would eat it. Really? And I started I started craving like mentally craving a sweet potato, and I remember the first one I cooked, oh. I did it in the microwave, and I ate it all the way down to the skin. And my husband looked at me like I was insane because he said. You know, he loves them. And he's like, I thought you hated that. And I said, that was the best thing maybe I've ever had. You know, what is your restaurant, sir? What do you all know? Okay. So we, my parents had an old catfish house, Southern catfish house wow. for 28 years here in Eva, small town. And where are they, you? What, where is that near? Okay. So we are an hour north of Birmingham, Alabama, oh, sure. or like 45 minutes south of Huntsville. Yes. But population 800, we are in the country. But uh, so they were known for fried catfish and fried shrimp and Yum. all of that. You know, one of our things, I probably sell the most hamburgers. I, I hear your ad on your podcast for the hamburger place in Arkansas. And I think that's got to be similar because like we get fresh ground oh. beef every day. We pat oh. it out by hand. We cook it isn't on the that, flat grill. Isn't it delicious? You you cannot beat it. You can't buy anything no. like that in town. No. And, and let me tell you, for those of us who eat a carnivore way, Dr. Saladino says this all the time. It's really the most affordable way to eat because you can get ground beef. You can eat eggs, butter, if you can tolerate cheese and milk. And you, I, I so every restaurant I go to, because that's the majority of my food. Everybody has a hamburger. Yeah. Now I want one of your hamburgers. What, what's the name of your steak. restaurant? It's called Bobby's, and Bobby was my dad, so it's B O B B Y apostrophe S. Okay. Um, and but so we actually won the best chicken fingers, best chicken tenders in Alabama in 2021 statewide <laughs> oh competition. Gosh. I'm well, so you, famous. You, you need to go to Go to YouTube and watch me uh, be on Simply Southern TV. It's country i know this is gonna be the same country as cornbread i love it but uh so we uh, we were in a magazine we were on tv we're kind of a big deal but so we do hand breaded tenders you know and that the poultry industry keeps this town floating and so you know we're proud that we serve lots and lots and lots of chicken tenders but yeah we have i still do fried catfish and i do shrimp a whole bunch of ways grilled boiled you know Fried, are you a, are you a cook? I'm the cook. I like the head. So, <laughs> oh my gosh! Full time, full time cook, and I say cook, not chef, because we are not fancy. I showed you the tin on the wall, and the, you know, it. not fancy. But um, so I do a plate lunch at lunchtime, and it's honestly like if you ate with your mom. <sighs> That's and, you our know, favorite. I, I chicken and dressing, which you're yes. carnivore, but chicken and dressing, meatloaf. Um, yes chicken casserole, different things and vegetables and, and all that stuff at lunchtime. It's a family owned Southern restaurant. That's the best I way I could it. describe it. But we're famous here because at nighttime, we're the only place here. We have a little, uh, another little cafe that she does breakfast and lunch and I don't do breakfast. We both do. We both handle lunch and then I do dinner, but um, you know, it's hole in the wall, mom and pop can't beat it. Okay, well, then you come from the same perspective. Chef Jamie McAfee could do three-day fasts, even in the kitchen, 
preparing delicious foods for people all across the state of Arkansas. And you're doing the same thing there in uh, Alabama. You're cooking while you're in the fasted state. Did you ever think you would do that? Well, of course, I, I had never heard of fasting and I would have yeah. told you you were insane. But even in the beginning, even in the beginning, well, you thought, I can't do okay. that. So the thing, okay. So the thing about me is I tell people, I have, I have an unfair advantage in that I'm ADHD. And when what? I say that, my brain goes in I think it's our advantage. A, that, yes, a thousand <laughs> directions, okay? And so I say that when I am eating, I turn that side of my brain on. And when I am not, I turn it off. And I'm doing okay. a million other things. I'm busy. I get it. You know, like my hands are in the food. I smell the food, but it's not eating time. So that's just not where I'm thinking. Okay. That... It, you are all or nothing. I I can see that though. Um, I know just in preparing food for my family in longer fast, you just you just do it. Mm-hmm. But I will say, Chef Jamie always says the hardest time when he does he tries not to do uh, duck season is big for us in Arkansas. And people come in from all over the country, and he uh, cooks at one of the premier duck clubs. And he said that's the only time that when he smells the biscuit and the gravy, my mouth's about to water. <laughs> And the that's bacon right. is frying. He said, when I'm on a three-day fast, that's the only time I'm thinking, dang it. That's I the hardest time. Bacon and popcorn are the two hardest yeah. smells to fight through. And like I could be fasted for 40 hours, not one hunger pain, walk into a gym, watch my kid play basketball, and I am assaulted by the popcorn. Assaulted. <laughs> you know, my, my stomach will start growling. My mouth is watering. And I'm like, you just broke my fast. Oh, yeah. Well, now there is some science to what you're saying, but I remember Jen Stevens saying, don't worry about what you can't, you can't control what you can't control because there is, because you're, you're referencing the cephalic phase study, which shows that in the brain, that's why they, they use like walking through the corridor of the airport and Cinnabon and how they, they woo you at the airport, right? Mm -hmm. Or in, if you go if you go gambling or anything, you know, they right. woo you with these smells. And so there was a study, I think it was a rat study that showed the rats that smelled the, let's say, Cinnabon. <laughs> and those that didn't, they released insulin because their body was prepping for the food that was coming in. I believe that. Isn't that funny? I, you're, I, yes. But, and you know, once you break your fast and the insulin is released is when yeah. I experience hunger. Oh, that and is so, the most hunger. Yeah. And so I'm like, that broke my fast. My stomach is now growling and I've been fine all day. So Okay. So I'm a home cook and I know in the very beginning, some of the mistakes, because I do, I, in fact, before we even started this podcast, I'm doing teriyaki chicken bowls for dinner. I fried some bacon because, you know, I want my granddaughters to be carnivores. Um <laughs> And I'm doing rice, strawberry shortcake. It's strawberry season in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So I already did, I prepped all that before we came up here. We did this at four. Um, but in the beginning, I was always a food taster of my own foods because I don't measure. I don't either. I, both advantage of ADD and disadvantage because I don't right. know how I made it. I just know it's really good. So, right. but I wasn't cooking for a restaurant. I was just cooking for my family. So then I got my husband to taste the spaghetti sauce or the soup that I made because I don't measure. How have you managed at the restaurant? Because you're not tasting. Well, okay. So another advantage, I have an early window. So oh, okay. I, I tried Smart. to do the dinner window and yeah. I wanted to kill people before dinner came. Yeah. And exactly. so my, I said, one day I thought I'm going to do like brunch and then I'm going to eat like a late lunch. So we work a lunch shift. And then we break and we eat together. And I say we eat as a family round table. I could show you these round tables. We sit at this table together and eat me and my employees. And usually that's whatever was left from lunch or whatever we had on special like or whatever. Two o'clock or what? Two o'clock. My, my okay. window is 10 to two. And so we close okay. at one thirty. That's when we sit down. But um, so I come in and I don't, I am busy. You know, like I say, ADHD oh, brain. Time escapes busy. me. I'm busy and I'm behind and I'm not thinking. But about 10 o'clock I will break. And so I have usually small meal, big snack, maybe bacon and eggs. Um, yep. I'm really, I'm really not carnivore and I'm really into yogurt, banana and um, organic granola right now. It sounds delicious. So good. But uh, I might have that. And so then at least I am in the midst of doing the lunch special. And so that's when I make all my homemade sauces and things for all day. So I can taste, you know, the fast is already broken. I can yes. taste, okay. I can do okay. whatever I need to do. 
And then at nighttime, it's more straight menu and... The Akel family sure makes it easy to do things to your home. Who's the Akel family, you ask? Well, you must be new to the Lisa Fisher Said podcast because listeners, <laughs> insiders know the Akel family is where Arkansas shops if there's any project for your home. And we used to say flooring because it's Akel's Carpet One, but now they need to say, and a whole lot more. Because did you know that at Akel's Carpet One, they do more than just floors. They can also be your first destination for complete kitchen and bath remodeling. They've got a full service kitchen and bath showroom and you can go see it today. You can see the flooring options. You can see the dowel tile. I love dowel tile. We just built a home and I love dowel tile. Another option that they have is they'll send out samples to your home. I know. I'm a customer. They sent out samples one time to my home and I could choose from that. They make it so easy. What you need to do is go online and find them. They're not hiding. They're on all social media platforms or their website, acolscarpetone.com. Hey there, while I have your attention, I just want to go ahead and direct you to my website and my social media for other outlets with Lisa Fisher. My website is lisafishersaid.com. My Instagram is at lisafishersaid. Same thing with Twitter. That's because if someone asks you, why did you do something? You'll say, because Lisa Fisher said, because I've been doing the research. That's why I love all the things. I'm a certified health coach and I've got programs for you to help you with weight loss and help you balance your hormones. You can reach out to me. It's all there on my website or on my social media. Go there now, lisafishersaid.com. The one other thing, so things that we learn about ourselves when you become a lifelong faster is number one, this is going to sound crazy to those of you who've never fasted, food makes you hungry. Wait, what? Absolutely. You're the least hungry when you haven't eaten because if you understand the science and pituitary or the hypothalamus sends um, insulin and once insulin comes in, it's a fat storing hormone, it drops your blood glucose and that's what gives you, that's when you're the hungriest. So you're, so when you, you have that snack at, you know, or breakfast at 10, you're, uh, we would call it, you're breaking your fast. Sometimes that's why sometimes I have to have my bigger meal. It's the meal I open because I'm kind of hungrier. And then I close my window later in the day with maybe a boil, a couple of boiled eggs and a piece of bacon because okay, so I'm it's not uncommon. Me too. And I'm a volume eater. And I really do think that once you break your fast or for me, that instinct takes over and I really need to reach the tidy sometimes you yes, know, before I yes. can stop. And I don't want to snack uncontrollably. So I very often um, that break fast turns into my biggest meal. And then when lunch, you know, one thirty rolls around, maybe a snack, maybe nothing. I'm a lot of times one and done these days. And yeah. that's because I can put away more food in an hour <laughs> than some people do all day, but I can. And, and my brain likes that. So I told Jen, you know, like she wants to do everything in the fasted state. She says she's sharper and all yes. these things. Well, yes. I am manic without food. And so when I eat, it calms me down. You know, so oh. I might eat, I might eat at 10 and just eat a whole lot of food. And then I am calm as a cucumber until tomorrow. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. There are times I can do my banana and finish. And I, if it's something I'm really looking forward to at one thirty, you know, the big lunch, I'll do that. Yeah. But it's not at this far in, I don't worry about it. If I'm hungry, I eat until I'm not hungry. Um, yes. If I'm not hungry, I might not eat at all until one thirty. You know, so, but I, a lot of times I am a true one meal a day or, but that meal is not small. You no, know, that's what mm-hmm. people don't understand is I, now, once you get seasoned, I would never, I would never walk through Costco and take a bite of the snack that they provide. Cause never. then I need a, I need to sit down and have a meal <laughs> Me too, well, immediately. <laughs> yes. Once the insulin comes in, it tells me I'm hungry then. So I, I don't grab a few grapes in the morning or, no. you know, what we used to do when we made our kids lunches or whatever. What about a granola bar? Mm-hmm. Never, nothing. Never. Well, well, that's Never. also, I mean, you right. could probably address this better than anybody, mm-hmm. But it's breaking your fast with carbs will make you sick 
in about mm-hmm. 30 minutes because of what the blood sugar regulation, what it does, true satiety is from, I mean, Dr. Fung talks about this when he talks about cholecystokinin um, and peptide YY. Those are the two hormones that are sent to tell you to, that you're getting full Stop. and they're only in fat and protein. Right. So that's why the salad makes you hungrier. Right. So um, interesting little experiment of one that I had lately. So I eat raw walnuts every day, every day. I mean, I don't know why or when I started this, but it's every day. And uh, I was out, you know, you get the great big bag at Sam's. We do Sam's Club instead of Costco, but Mm -hmm. you can do, but so we can just always have them around and it might be two or three, but I just, a lot of times I'll close my window with a couple of of raw walnuts. They're really good for you. um, I had two or three days where I thought I was starving absolutely to death. I even messaged Amy Jo and I said, is the moon full? Like I'm starving. <laughs> this is out of character. What is going on? And, um, and then I, I got to thinking, you know, cause you gotta be honest with yourself. Sometimes am I eating yes. too much sugar? Am I, yes. have I had processed garbage? Yes. I mean, what's going on? Yeah. And the only thing I could come up with, I had been out of walnuts. And so that is probably one of my biggest sources of good fat. And oh, so like good. that gets me to mental satiety. It's like my body, when I have that healthy fat, I'm finished. But I think maybe because I wasn't having that, I wasn't getting there and I'd be hungry again. I mean, because I'd be four or five hours after my window is closed and I'm like, I could go eat a big meal. And that's out of character. Here's a a cooking tip. You've probably done this, but it's because I do this for my granddaughters. I roast the sweet potatoes and cube them and put avocado oil, salt and pepper. And then sometimes I put toasted walnuts on top. It gives it a little crunch. You can, you can even yeah. do raisins or craisins with it. You know, it's kind of a carby meal. I would eat it for me at the end of my feasting window. Cause I, I'm not, a, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not picketing the vegetable manufacturers of the world. I'm not saying yeah. don't, I'm just saying for me, I'm trying to myself, trying to bring down some autoimmune conditions and that that's why I've adopted a carnivore lifestyle, but not that I've even had a sweet potato, but I'm not against them. You know, like it's not a religion what I do. I still like highly nourishing foods. And there are times that, you know, if I need a sweet potato, but the walnuts are really Mm -hmm. good for you. My daughter always reminds me because she's also a health coach that walnuts look like brains. They're like, and they give you brain health. She said they're very valuable for your health. So (laughs) maybe that's what I have to have. Yeah, that's what I definitely need. Okay. So in May 4th, 2020, do you tell, you don't have to tell what your weight was, but I don't care. what was the number then and what's the number now? So that was my all-time high that I was not pregnant. So it was 171 and a half pounds. And that is exactly what I weighed when I gave birth to my second two children. And you were 42 at that time? Yes. 42 you, years old. Yeah. You, you know what starts happening late 30s yeah. and early 40s. And what people don't realize, and, and for those of you who aren't a part of the girl club, you're your female hormones, starting with progesterone, start to dip after 35. Thyroid also starts to dip. And that's why all of a sudden it was at 42 that I woke up with 15 extra pounds and went, I haven't done anything. I, I'm not eating Cheetos. I, I, wow. I, I've Nothing had changed. And it was all about that time. So part of that was your hormonal changes. And what, what do you tip the scales at now? So like today, probably about 130, but, um, so 40 so my, pounds, I lost 45 pounds, like fast, fast. Like I got, so everybody says, what was your goal weight? Honestly, a dream in a dream. Okay. Yes. In a dream, maybe 140. I thought if I could get back to 145, I would just be like ecstatic. I mean, that's really what I thought 171. And so I lost 45 pounds in five months. Unbelievable. And then it just stopped. Not one more pound, not one more ounce. And you're not up a pound or down a pound. You you probably keep with three to five pound. I do. I say, um, so in the last six months, I'll say I hover closer to 130 or 130, even 131. But my clothes fit exactly the same. You know, like I have not in three years since, since I got there, my five month weight loss, I have not pulled out one item that did not fit. I can never say in my adult life that happened, that the seasons change and I just pull out my clothes and they just fit. Isn't that one of the most freeing things that, because we'll have winter here like you all do, and then it'll be summer the next day. Mm -hmm. And for me to go from winter 
because those are always our fluffier clothes, to summer, which are skimpier clothes, and my size sixes and eights fit last season like they yeah, did the every year time. before. I, I don't have to suck in. I don't have to go, <gasps> get, oh, and that is from the confidence of being metabolically flexible, which is what happens, meaning your body goes in and out of fat burning and sugar burning. And when you're fasting, insulin is low. It, this is honestly the truth, April. It would be hard for you to gain weight because your fasting insulin is so low. Right. It, it, the sto- fat storing is low. People don't understand that. You can't get them to wrap their mind around that. It's not about calories. It's not about, it's calories. Not about macros. It's no, about it's not. your fasting insulin and your other hormones, of course, you know, too. That's right. That's right. I mean, it, it is a symphony. One of um, my friends calls it the symphony. We, we're like a two trick pony and we go and speak to groups and I do the satiety hormones and she does the sex hormones. And she does talk about the symphony of hormones because we have about 50 or so chemical messengers that communicate and we do want them sharp because this is also what I noticed recently. Now I, I don't look at the scale. I only know what I weigh because when I have my pellet, my estradiol pellet, which is quarterly, she says hop on the scale and it's the same every time. You know, I mean, every I go, time. oh, and my blood pressure is like a hundred over 70. It's like stupid low right. or 95 or something, whatever. Um, and I only know that because the provider <clears throat> writes it down. But with what happened um, with my daughter getting sick recently, she was in the hospital. My hunger spiked because I started making cortisol. Stress. Yes. Couldn't control it. Like, and I wanted comfort food, but I, because I'm trying to bring down my autoimmune conditions, I'm completely off gluten thoughts and prayers. I mean, y'all need to pray for me. (laughs) It's been hard. It's been, it was since March 1st, but who's counting? Like I haven't even had it. Even at church, I get the gluten-free wafer, you know what I mean? Because I'm trying to calm down all these, my vitiligo and all these other things. But during that, when she was in the hospital, I wanted I wanted some of Bobby's food bad. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy because of maybe an emotional thing. I don't know. but It is, definitely. Stress, I was, cortisol. And I was so hungry. And again, I... I don't care. I don't think I gained, I mean, I didn't gain weight. I mean, everything fits the same, so it doesn't matter, but it does show what our hormones can do. Even when you're doing everything right, I was doing everything right with fasting as I always have, but I couldn't control the stress that was coming to my body. And I think that um, the idea of homeostasis. So what I loved about the obesity code was that Dr. Fung kept talking about dialing down your apostat and creating a new set weight because I'm going to tell you, I was the queen of lose weight, gain weight. There was never a time I was not bouncing up or down, up or down. And so that was like in a dream world, you would lose the weight and keep it off. It never happened like that for me. So this is the only time in my life that I can say whatever was out of balance, got balance. And that doesn't mean I won't have times like we went to Jamaica and I bought my husband a trip to Jamaica for Christmas and, and we went to this all inclusive and like they're handing you a dirty banana. I don't know if you know that is at 10 a.m. It's a it's a drink made with a real a real whole banana, like this really ripe banana and dark rum and cream, I think. Cream liquor. It, it's just barely sweet enough to be uh, like, I could drink a lot of this, but you can't because you would never sit and eat two bananas, you know. Right. But but anyway. We did that for a week and I had a few days that were like 10 hour eating windows or 12 or something yes, crazy, that's right. you know, but that's by right. the third day, I'm like, I don't want to do that again. I'm I over feel it, terrible. Right. right. I don't need breakfast. I don't need drinks at 10 a.m. Right. And, you know, I, I calmed it down to like a four or five, six hour window, something like that. But my body, when I get crazy, it craves homeostasis. And it will tell me you're not hungry today. You overfueled yesterday. And so today we're just not going to do it. And it's not me having to say, I've got to be good tomorrow. You don't have to punish yourself. No, it wants to go back to its happy place. And so that to me is why fasting is different. You know, like it just regulates whatever's off and homeostasis is attainable for the first time ever. It is. It's something I explain to my fasting clients. I say, you know, because I said, if you treat your body like, you know, your husband might a Maserati, you know, or somebody, you know, like a, the finest car on the road. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. So Rolls Royce or whatever. <laughs> you only put the finest gas. You make sure you change the oil. Um, you 
if you can keep it in a garage, you know, all these things, right? I say, if you think of your body that way and you put the finest fuel in it, and then what happens when you put too much fuel in it? The thing clicks, even on the That's cheap right. cars. But I'm saying if you're treating your body like this precious prize, right? And it clicks, it tells you you've had enough. I said, that's what will happen finally with your body when you reach what we're ca- talking about is appetite correction. The apostat is the part of the brain that tells you, well, by golly, I'm full. Your apostat yes. wakes up. And Dr. Bert Herring talks about it in his books if you want to look him up. But as the fuel pump clicks, then you can drive around on that tank for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden you're empty again. Your, your fuel tank's empty and your body tells you it's the same. The, the light goes off when you're about at a quarter tank or eighth of a tank, your light goes off telling you, well, by golly, it's time to eat again. Mm -hmm. And that's what we never thought because we were using external regulations to tell us it was time to eat or it was time to stop. Or you have to have, you know, two more ounces of chicken breast to be righteous because that's what you're supposed to do. And now we're like, I don't want any more chicken breast. In fact, I don't want any more food. Right. And so, you know, that that's one of the life changing things I said, people overthink it. They overthink this whole thing. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do one meal a day, or I'm going to do modified, or I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. But but here, what I find is when I'm the low end of my weight range, I'm hungry. I'm yeah, going to eat yes. more today. Yes. And, yes. and then when I have overdone it, I'm not yes. hungry. So today is probably going to be a, maybe a mini meal or a down day or a one meal and done. Yes. But if I, I don't have to think it. That's what I tell people. People say three years, that is tremendous willpower. And I say, willpower has nothing to do with this. It has it nothing doesn't. to do with it. I don't <laughs> it need doesn't. it. It's just correcting those hormonal imbalances and knowing your body and listening to your body. And like I said, you can find your groove. And I believe anybody can, but it's very frustrating. And I talked about this with Jen Stevens, like frustrating to me that it does not work the same for everybody or in the I same time that. frame. I know. I do too. I do too. I, I, I don't want know us all why. To, <laughs> to lock arms and sing Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Yeah. And we're at the campfire together. Oh, I, but, I hate it when that happens. But again, and, and, in, and I know you have realized this too, because you're a health coach and, and you see so many different people with different yeah. personalities, mm-hmm. different levels of metabolic health. Yes. And that's, I think personality might be one of the biggest keys because like you said, some people just are, they can't even ease in, they just can't do it, you know? Right. And then there are those of us who are like, okay, I, you know, I'm all in and you know, that we hit our stride and go. And like I said, I think personality and different brain function. Those things matter. That's where ADD and ADHD is my superpower on things. Cause y'all, I get a lot done. Me too. (laughs) My kids still Mm -hmm. are amazed by what I get done by 10 AM. And I just, I just do it. I don't dawdle. I don't dilly dally. And I kind of hate it because I also don't relax well. Same here. So I don't sit. I don't watch yeah. TV. I no. don't read. I will. I love. I listen. I love. I listen to. Yeah. It, I love to plug in my um, AirPods and yeah. all of my Audible library is full. But I yeah. don't sit and look at words on the page. Yeah. So I get you totally on that and super productive. And so this energy, you know, that's another thing. Is I said in the beginning, I think it may have gave me too much energy, and this early eating window calms me down. You know, yeah. so I can. It's a rest and digest. It does. That's why in Jen Stevens, I know her point. It almost makes me sleepy sometimes after I've had Mm -hmm. a meal, even if it's a high fat protein and it's not a lot of carbs. I, my body has to stop a minute, digest, and then I can go about my day. So I I can see how it would calm you down. It's soothing. It does. It it calms. Yeah. Food calms me down and I still am super productive. And I, but I said in the beginning, the key the ketosis and that pure energy was so much that sometimes I thought I need to just take off running and I'm sure I could fly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I felt like that. So, you you know, you're a beautiful girl, but I'm sure people are coming back going, where's the hottie at Bobby's? Because you are, (laughs) you're small, you're beautiful. You're the face of the restaurant. I'm sure what people, your customers, your diners have noticed that you've made a major transformation. 
Well, the joke in that is that I am never beautiful at work. I work in the kitchen. I look like a look. My mother says I look like my papa because I'll have on a hat and a ponytail and my glasses and no makeup. Oh my and gosh. so uh, I don't hilarious. think they are lusting over me. No, but, that's hilarious. But yeah, it is the truth. The truth is when I first lost the weight, I had customers, you know, and they don't see me a lot. I come yeah. out of the kitchen occasionally, but when people would see me, they were like, what have you done? What has yeah. happened? I, I did have more than a few say you're too thin. Have you lost enough? Are you finished? When are you going to stop losing weight? And we don't and, know the answer. We don't know if we're no. finished because it's our body is the one that picks the weight. But after three years, they have adjusted to my new normal. I don't get that anymore. I don't get the year too thin. Now, I do get your little bitty person. Everybody, how, you know, that's the joke. How tall are you? I'm five, three and a half. So 171 pounds is probably... Five, 12. Okay, was that obese? Definitely overweight. Definitely overweight. Okay. I'm okay. not even sure I, what my body mass index would have been. But um, yeah. I went from a size 12 to a 2. And I have, you know, zeros from Old Navy. And I don't count. I think Old Navy's a little bit... I, I think Jen, yeah, I think Jen says she did Old Navy and maybe yeah. Ann Taylor, one of them. Yeah, they vanity size. So a two um, and a small or extra small top, and you know I wore large, extra large top because I had the big, you know, the big chest before I got excellent surgery. Oh, and so, right. um, but that I carried inflammation in my chest and shoulders the entire time I had implants. And I said, no matter how much weight I lost, to me, I looked like a football player in pictures. I was so, and so immediately. After I started fasting, that inflammation in my chest left, and I'm like, I have collarbones and collarbones. chest bones. and That's one things. of my favorite things. So in my fasting group, it's five weeks. And the first week, I love how, I mean, I want the camera on so I can see them. Because by the fifth week, mo- I say, what are your biggest changes? They'll say, my rings in the morning, I have no trouble getting them on. My the right. hands aren't swollen. And the next thing they say is, I have collarbones. Totally. And I think it's so cute. Or I, I don't have this inflammation under my chin and the puffy face. I love you. Now, I do have wrinkles post weight loss, but I said it's a good trade off. It's fine. Yes, I do. Look, I've got a guy in Little Rock Mm -hmm. who can help me with that. Well, um, (laughs) I have never started that yet because I am too ADHD to maintain it. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I was supposed to go do what? Uh, My mom said that's my mean face has stuck right there. You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) Um, Tell me your longest fast you've ever done. Uh, So Amy Joe and Alina Urbis. Yes, and Roxy Marino and I, yeah. yes. we did, we did a three sleep fast. Um, okay. I think we did it in December. I'm not sure if it's December or January of this year, but um, it was for healing and it was for inflammation. Yes. So yes. Uh, I had, I had COVID in July of 22. Okay. And then, I'll, and the reason I knew I was sick, no fever or anything. The reason I knew I was sick is I was having this unbearable aching pain in my hips and lower body, which I don't do anymore now that I'm a faster, you know, that right. was, I can stand 12 hours on my feet with not one acre pain, but I had to go home from work. I was leaning against the counter and that's how out of character it is. My mom said, you're sick. You need to go home. And so I, I did end up testing for, you know, I wouldn't have tested, but I own a restaurant. I can't be around people. So anyway, I agree. I agree. so, um, so I did have that. And so after that, that hip ache and pain continued to get worse and worse and worse. And I could not pin it back to an injury or anything I had done. And so um, even my massage therapist, she's like, well, we moved into a new restaurant and it's a bigger kitchen, maybe three times the size. She said, you're walking more. But I said, I've Mm -hmm. stood on concrete and walked Mm -hmm. forever with no Mm -hmm. issues. So all I could come up with was that I had triggered some kind of inflammation Mm -hmm. from from maybe a long COVID or something. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so that was my reason for doing a long fast. Did not have weight to lose, but it was just I just need to get this inflammation under control. And I will say that um, after that, I had a few really good days where I could tell I had made a difference. And then, you know, as you eat some garbage, it is back. But now it's May and I have not had hip pain probably in two months. And I, and this is the kind of hip pain that was affecting my sleep. It was affecting Ooh. my work. I had to give up all of my exercise. I could not go walk. I couldn't walk a mile. If I did, I, I couldn't do the elliptical. Anything, okay. Okay. So. Okay. Let's break this down. Cause you know, gluten is a big offender and causes bursitis. Yes. Dairy. And cans. that's what they diagnosed it. Bursitis. Yep. Cause my bursitis is now that I haven't had gluten since March 1st, I haven't had bursitis or arthritis in my big toe. 
So sugar, I, I know that sugar, sugar. Um, does cause inflammation, inflammation. for me. And um, gluten, maybe. I don't do much bread. And so uh, I would really have to look back at maybe dietary changes. But, like, I'm I'm really into yet. I don't eat that many things in a day because I don't eat for that long, you know. So, yeah, like, I might right. eat a lot of chicken and I'll, I'll do maybe chicken, rice, broccoli, a sweet potato, yeah. and then maybe my yogurt and banana. And that's, you know. I don't feel like I have to have bread, white bread. No, never. No, but wheat is in a lot of things. Everything. Yeah. And that's why I've given up all packaged foods because, well, for one thing, they all have seed oils. How how do y'all handle the seed oil thing there at a restaurant? Okay. So this is one of the great uh, conflicts of my life is that we've done this forever. So, you know, the market has priced good quality oil out of restaurant business. That's right. It's terrible. You know, they've almost priced seed oil out. Seed oil is cheap. It's garbage. It's cheaply produced. And the inflation on it is a last year this time, the inflation on it was about 300%. Are you kidding? No, I'm talking $17.00. For 35 pounds went to, well, maybe it was more than 300. It went to about $70 for 35 pounds. And that was, yes. And you could, you could find it. Sometimes you couldn't get it from your grocer and you could find it on Amazon for like 80 or $90. And we're talking about the lowest quality, like, like Vista. But, um, so like in a restaurant, you do not have a, you don't have a choice. You're going to, you're going to fry French fries in vegetable oil. You, you just are. Well, you know, but they used to, uh, McDonald's used to use pork lard. What about that? And I don't know, that so, so I use, I use lard and butter in everything that I can, you know. Okay. Right. But like we do deep fry still in, um, I'm, I'm sure sometimes it's canola. That's yeah. probably what I'm yeah. getting the most. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you can get beef tallow like that anymore. Or if you can, I know very you can't hard. afford it. No, right? it's it's very hard. And and the funny thing about this is, and like I said, it's one of those great conflicts of my heart. I understand. I have to make a living, you know. That's right. I, I do feel like a lot of people, consumers are very uneducated about what, what they're choosing. Yes. And obviously I'm not the food police, so I cannot tell them what to do. I don't eat it. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I understand. Like, I do. I sell, I sell the number one chicken finger in Alabama, and <laughs> oh I gosh. never pick one up. You know, like, it is oh almost never. Gosh. And French fries don't really cross my radar as food. Um, yeah, you know, it, yeah. like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a conflict, and, and I want to offer things that are better alternatives for people. Of course, we have great salads, and I do vegetables and things like that. And like I said, I make cornbread with lard. Um, if we do homemade biscuits, we make them with lard. That's just the way my mom cooks. Real, bu- yeah. real butter is her thing, right? You know, we have. My mom has not bought margarine in so many years. We didn't. You know, we just. She calls that plastic. We don't have it in our house. It isn't. Isn't it like one? Molecule or something Molecule away yeah. from plastic. And like Velveeta yeah. is not real cheese and American right. cheese is not real food. And all these things that we've been fed all these years. Now we right. wonder. And so I think fasting, you know, helps us with the, to balance. I wish every, you know, everybody says that's duplicity of message there. Like you sell food and you're trying to talk people out of eating all the time. And I said, well, you know, like there's balance there. You give your body a time to detox and, and whatever. But eat. of course, we're of promoting course, food. Hey, I have a I have a fasting group, you know, on Facebook. And that's I, I preach all the time about I know delay, don't deny means we can eat whatever we want. But I want you to put really good fuel in your body. Right. And right. I want you to eat at Bobby's because I need to pay my bills. <laughs> Honey, Darren's listening. My producer, we need to get a. A paddy wagon and and come that way. Come to, okay, yeah. I do need to know then. What's the key to good catfish? Do you bread it? Is it cornmeal or is it flour or is it both? It's both. You have to. That's what so I'm we talking. do a yeah fifty fifty corn cornmeal flour salt and pepper. The yeah. key is that you wet it, no milk or anything. You wet catfish with water and then you batter what? cook immediately. If you don't cook it immediately and like people, some restaurants do this, what they call a batter board and they just batter in a whole bunch of them laying yes. there, you know, you get this thick crust. I don't want that. No, I don't either. Cause it Ar- won't get as good and done on the middle. Cause you know, sense? Arkansas is a big catfish producing state, catfish, rice, soybeans. I mean, some things, for, yeah. you know, chicken, we have Tyson. <laughs> They're trying beans. to make a living. Look. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I respect that. I just know as for me and my house, I know I can't. Uh, right. And in uh, my I, house, 
You will not find any of that at my house either, you know, but we don't eat at home a whole lot. And my kids, I have tried to clean. I ruined my children and I've had to repent and I hope I get grandchildren to try to do better. I ruined my children by telling them they had to eat breakfast. Me too. Same. But now I told, I had, that's another one of those personality and circadian rhythm and individuality things is I have one son whose first sentence was, I eat now. And he, that was every morning, he he waddled to the high chair as soon as he woke up and said, I eat now. And he still is exactly like that. When his feet hit the floor, he, has he wants breakfast. Okay. But now he, he might not eat the rest of the day. You know, that was his personality as a child. No, lunch wasn't a big deal. Supper maybe, but breakfast was his thing. And then I have well, two who've never wanted breakfast. If there's ever a Mrs. Restaurant pageant in Alabama, I hope you enter because <laughs> you'll win. You're a doll. You have Thank a great you. message. You're so inspiring. We'll put um, information about you in the show notes, how people, I mean, if they're ever in Eva, Alabama, north of Birmingham, my goodness. If and they, eat, they can they go to Facebook and still see pictures of my delicious food, even if they can't make it. Okay. We'll put all that in the show notes. April, you're a doll. Thank you for being here. I'm going to cook the rest of my meal. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.